Hey everyone, welcome in to another daily editorial here on the KE Report. Corey and Chad here introducing a new guest to the show. His name is Dana Samuelson. He is the founder and president of American Gold Exchange. We'll refer to that as AGE. I will also link to the American Gold Exchange website below. Now, the American Gold Exchange is a precious metals and rare coin company. Now, Dana, since it is your first time on the show, and since we are highlighting AGE here, provide us a little background, please, on the company and the type of sales that your company facilitates in the precious metals. Hi, Corey. Thanks. Real happy to be here with you all. So we're a physical precious metals and vintage U.S. gold and silver coin dealer. So we we handle the physical product. We deal with the retail public and uh, accredited investors. We don't deal with institutions. We make a very competitive buy and sell market in all the major mainstream, competitively priced, uh, widely traded precious metals, bullion items that are modern minted items, as well as um, vintage classic U.S. coins. I'm an expert on those. I'm kind of a coin nerd, too. Well, Dana, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, I I got into this sector because I was a coin nerd and very uh, big in the numismatics, and uh, it was really uh, my foray into the precious metals. But a lot of our listeners are very interested in, of course, the physical markets as well as what happens in the pricing in the paper markets. But just from a physical market side of things, talk to us about what the environment has been like where gold has been up near and making all-time highs. What kind of trends have you seen with physical buyers? Well, physical buyers uh, tend to chase the market for the most part. Uh, We do have some very intelligent buyers who like to buy the dips, but sometimes buying precious metals can be an emotional decision. You really shouldn't make financial decisions emotionally, but that's the reality of our market. You know, so we had a, you know, we've had feast and famine situations, which is pretty normal in our market. When the economy is doing well, our sales are down. And when problems are happening, uh, our sales, you know, can really move up substantially. So, for example, in January, February of 2022 were two of the quietest months we've had in years. And then COVID hit and our business quadrupled, quintupled overnight. And it stayed that way for two and a half to three years. We're finally settling back into a more even uh, market for buying and selling of physical precious metals. In fact, over the last couple of months, we're starting to see more sellers percolate in And I attribute that to two things. Number one, the gold price has been basing over $2,000 an ounce for the first time ever. So a lot of people are taking advantage of the highest price we've ever seen in physical gold. Uh, And I think also inflation's bite is starting to kick in where people are needing to sell some of the assets they have to compensate for the loss of purchasing power they've had due to inflation uh, being pretty strong over the last couple of years. So Dana, what's the balance between gold or silver demand because your company specializes really in both those type of coins what have you seen between demand for gold versus silver our volume in gold is probably about 70 percent of our business uh, the other 25 percent in silver and then a little bit we do a little bit in platinum and palladium you've got to remember uh, gold is very compact it's easy to store a high dollar value in a very small space and with silver you you have a much different storage issue because it takes up a lot more physical room. And I think that has a lot to do with um, people's mentality towards silver uh, versus gold. So, And that's why our sales are skewed a bit, bit higher towards gold overall. 
Well, Dana, we talk a lot with people about some of the changes the precious metals industry has seen, let's say, over the last 15 years, 20 years, with the advent of ETFs. And there's a lot of people that in the past may have gone to their local dealer and picked up some physical bars or coins and then made the shift over to ETFs, which are oftentimes problematic in the sense that they don't actually have the gold or the silver in their storage or in their possession. Maybe just speak to that kind of the market dynamics as far as the introduction of all these other trading vehicles and how that impacted or has changed the precious metal sector. Well, I think uh, taking a step backward into an earlier period of time, I think the ETFs have impacted mining stock performance, gold mining companies' stock performance more than they have physical precious metals. It used to be that the only way you could buy gold on paper was through the mining stocks. And when the ETFs came out in 2007, 2008, uh, you've seen an underperformance of mining stocks relative to gold, especially their oscillation relative to gold bullion price since then. The physical market's a different market. If people want to own gold and get some of their dollars out of the banking system and put them aside into an asset that has no counterparty risk, that is completely private and transferable, that's what the physical is for. And ETFs, you cannot do that with. You know, ETFs are great for harnessing traders' price movement. So if you're betting on the price moving up or down and you can go long or go short an ETF, that's a very cost-effective way to buy and sell gold on paper. But the physical market, uh, we're not impacted so much by the ETFs, in my opinion. I don't don't feel it. Let's put it that way. What is currently driving the physical market then as much as we talk about economic data what the fed might do even what general markets are doing what do you see as some of the major drivers at least right now for gold well you know of course the driver of the price are interest rates and what the fed's going to do uh it's not so much the federal funds rate because it hasn't moved for six months but the yield on treasuries matter and they've come off a bit from their highs in october the dollar impacts the price of gold because gold tends to trade inversely to the dollar. And if you look at the U.S. dollar index, it's been um, trading between 101 and 105 for the past year, pretty much a little bit above and below on occasion. Right now, you've got gold to the dollar right in the middle of the range at 103, yet gold is basing over 2000. And I attribute that to the war in the Middle East. You know, gold was under $1,900 when Hamas attacked Israel. And since then, gold has gone up over $200 an ounce and is holding. And I think it's because of that tension in the Middle East and the fact that the war is not ending quickly. And it's also spilling outside of the borders that it started within. And with what's happening with the northern border of Israel, with Lebanon, the Houthis, you know, impacting shipments in the Red Sea. And of course, Iran's behind all of it. And then we had our U.S. base in Jordan attack. So there's a fear factor that's helped to percolate the gold price up. And I think it's about $100 worth since Israel was attacked by Hamas October 7th. Yeah, Dana, no doubt that the geopolitical factors and tensions are playing into the mix, along with interest rates and the currencies. Uh, when you look at gold priced in other currencies outside the U.S. dollar, it's you know it's been at all-time highs for a while. But even in the U.S. dollar terms, at the end of last year on the charts, it made some big moves on the weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual charts to be all-time highs. But with all of these things kind of coalescing here, 
a lot of people are looking to 2024, I guess as they do every year, to, to see, hey, will, will be this be the year that gold really breaks out? Do you think there's anything on the horizon not being discussed in the general mainstream financial media that would give gold that lift, that real breakout, something maybe like we saw, Dana, back in 2010 or 2011 when there was a real mania in the sector? Is there anything on the horizon that could provide that kind of stimulus? Well, if we have a banking problem like we had early last year uh, with a couple bank failures, you know, the commercial real estate sector is is due for um, a reset in the next 12 to 18 months because a, a lot of loans that were originated before interest rates surge are going to be uh, refinanced in the next 12 months to 18 months. And a lot of commercial real estate uh, is going to be forced with you know double or more the cost of money. So we may see that ripple into the banking sector. That could be an issue. We've seen large central bank purchases of gold, primarily out of China, Russia, uh, some of the other Asian countries over the last um couple of years, China set a new record last year for physical gold buying. So that's helping to buoy the price. And gold does like it when the cost of financing or treasury yields, uh, the interest on treasuries fall. So I do think if the Fed eases, you know, gold will catch a bit of a bid for that by itself. And if you track our debt, now this is a big picture aspect, but it, it matters. You know, our debt from 1795 to 1995 accumulated to $5 trillion. And in the last 28 years, we've multiplied that sixfold. Well, that's what the gold price has done also over the last 20 years. It's gone up sixfold. So it's tracking our debt loosely, and our debt's just going to keep going higher and higher. So I think the gold price is not going to give up much from here. And I think the chances it could go up 10 or 20% in the next 12 to 18 months is pretty good based on central bank buying, uh, inflation remaining a bit sticky, uh, Fed easing, and God knows what black swans might be lurking out there. Dana, are you in the camp too that says we need a much larger market correction, not just one or two sectors, but a broad either recession or full-on market correction to drive gold higher? Uh, no, I don't think that the stock market Im- impacts the gold price as much. We do see it on a daily basis when the stock market tends to to get hit, you know, go down a, a percent or two. We see some liquidation in the paper market in gold because speculators, you know, need to go to cash and uh, they they play in the gold market. And the gold market is a small market. So there's some short-term correlation there, but I don't see a long-term correlation. Who knows what will happen in the in the great scheme of things. I do think price-to-earnings ratios are high. I think the economy is weakening despite the good GDP that we've had and the good jobs numbers, you know, if you look under the hood, things aren't so good. So, and the big seven is now apparently the big four, (laughs) you know, I'm a gold trader, so I don't follow all the stock market as quite as much as you guys do, but I do think that the market overall is a bit overvalued and should come down some, but if the fed eases, the stock market likes that too. Yeah, Dana, it's going to be interesting to see, how the general markets do in relation to the commodity sector and to the monetary metals. Let's talk about the other monetary metal. Uh, To a lesser degree, it is uh, silver. It's part precious metal. It's also part industrial metal. The industrial uses have changed a lot from the days of uh, photography now to solar panels and water filtration and and a lot of other uses. But it still generally has tracked gold over the history of time. Do you think that silver gets a bigger lift if we see a breakout in gold, 
or what is driving silver? Because it's kind of been stuck in a range the last year or so. Yes, silver is completely underperforming right now. If you measure gold and silver to each other, dividing the gold price by the silver price, you get the gold to silver ratio, how many ounces of silver it takes to equal an ounce of gold. Historically, in recent times, that ratio has been about 55 to 82 to 1, with 82 to 1 means silver is cheap relative to gold, 55 to 1, silver is expensive relative to gold, but the middle is about 65 to 1. Right now, the ratio is 91 to 1. It's extremely high, which means silver is lagging. And I think that is more the commodity aspect of silver because China's weak, Japan's weak, Europe's basically in recession. So a lot of the consumption of silver that we might see isn't happening in the in the near term right now. And that is helping silver to be undervalued relative to gold. Silver tends to lag when gold runs, silver follows, but it does lag when it plays catch up. It can play catch up with a vengeance. And we've seen that a couple of times during the great financial crisis when gold ran, silver couldn't get going. And then it it went it more than doubled and tripled and quadrupled in price. Ultimately, uh, when COVID hit and gold went from 1600 to you know, 2020, silver couldn't get over 1875 for, you know, four, five, six months, and then it ran to 29 on a bullet. So I think at this gold price, which is about 2040 an ounce, silver shouldn't be under $23 an ounce. It should be closer to $33 an ounce, but who knows when that'll happen. So I do think silver is underperforming right now. It's a great value at these prices. I do think it will play catch up. You just have to be patient, and you might be a little disappointed in the meantime. Yeah, a lot of the silver investors and silver bulls, they've been waiting for that catch-up for years now. We'll see when that happens. Dan, I'm sure you've seen this chart that's been passed around, but it shows the difference between financial assets and hard assets. Uh, There's a huge discrepancy there where financial assets have continued to move higher and hard assets have continued to struggle What's your takeaway from this chart that, as I said, has been passed around for years now and the discrepancy seems like it's only gotten worse? Well, we don't have a precious metals culture in our country like there is in Asia, India, and even Europe. We've never had a war on our soil. We've never had our currency fail, which is why these other areas do like to have precious metals as well. I think the number of buyers of Precious metals relative to the public in the U.S. is, you know, maybe one or two percent. Rick Rule, who I'm sure you all are aware of, resource stock genius, thinks that the the number of people invested in precious metals today is less than one percent of the public. So there's always going to be a discrepancy between people that are interested in traditional assets as we view them in the U.S. versus hard assets. And I think if you go to these other countries, you'll see that it, the, the inverse is true. All right, Dana, we'll wrap it up here. Very interesting having you on the show. I think it's useful to get kind of that inside look on what the demand is from a a coin dealer like AGE, because we hear so many different aspects and being so market focused that sometimes we lose touch with exactly who is buying the coins or even if they are buying or selling the coins back to dealers like yourselves. Just as a reminder, Dana Samuelson, founder and president of American Gold Exchange, which we will link to below. Dana, thank you very much for your time. I'm sure we'll chat again soon. 
Corey, Shad, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it.